fingers and mouths are hot. You can put that as a quote. Fingers and mouths are hot. <laughs> Dash Leah Riley. Annyeong <laughs> SAO. <laughs> Welcome to Afternoon of Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, romance novelists and your K romance guides. So grab some deck bokey and listen to your new favorite unease. Hey, Megan. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Leah. We could do Amy over on the side. Hi there. But Amy is... Yeah, she says hi there. Yeah, hi there. (laughs) Amy's not with us today is the TLDR. So you... Mom has left the building. (laughs) Prepare for... The topic of today's show is toe sucking and (laughs) Korean drama. (laughs) Blood blisters. I love that people from the last episode were like, can we just not do that again? I'm like, I can't promise you no. I can't. The the comments uh, on our Instagram from our this and that episode are hysterical. I I love them. And I have to be honest, this week, I listened to the end of that episode probably three times and like cried laughing every time. (laughs) It was so funny. And I know I'm like, I laugh at, I'm laughing at us, like, but I don't care. I, I, I am amused by us. So I am too. I, but I will say that we had uh, one listener say, please, no toe socks or exploding foot blisters. See who play. And someone else said, thanks, AJ, for your valiant efforts to hit the make it stop button on the blood blisters and toe sucking. <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> oh, every, no one sided with us. No, nobody <laughs> sided with us. I mean, what's there to side with, really? <laughs> I mean, I don't but blame I was, them. The, like, the day after we recorded, I'm like, did I discuss how I would suck someone's toe and then take it all the way down to their ankle? Like, here we are going. And I was like, I did. I did that, like, to pe- like people are going to, like, that lives on. <laughs> That's going to be my legacy. I, I said about Anoju calling me a dirty little girl, like... <laughs> So if either of us get hit by a bus and people are like, you know, who were those people? They can look it up and that's going to be what they like are going to like, is that going to be the sum total of my existence? That's what they're playing at our funeral. (laughs) (laughs) So basically we were um, scheduled to record about the glory part two, um, but Amy couldn't make it. So we're going to put that on hold, record that next Next week, week because all three of us are, you know, kind of excited to talk about it. Obviously, a lot happened. Um, so it's just Leah and I. So we're kind of, you know, doing another sort of like winging it or like we're not, unburdening no. ourselves. Yeah. So that's the we're not winging it. We decided to come up with a topic. And the topic right. that we came up with was one that I feel like is fun that we put in our Patreon every blue moon which is essentially about unburdening yourself because as you sit and engage with entertainment, you know, there's lots of things that will crop up for a person. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we tend to, you know, we do have uncensored episodes or things that can be more general, but a lot of times we do have like, let's talk about X drama and whatever. And so this is an opportunity for us again, to look more broad based at like where we're at with our drama watching and like, what are some things that we just kind of need to get off our chest here in the next 50 minutes to an hour? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go first? Well, I thought maybe to start at the very beginning was I'm going to work my th- way through as we do this, involving some folks from the Patreon as well, simply because yes. I think that listeners will find that relatable or not, or maybe feel like 
they have a strong disagreement, which is also fun. Yeah. So I'll read off. Let's see. I'm going to read off three and then we can go to some of ours. So one we have is, can there be a moratorium on serial killer slash murder subplots in our fluffy rom-coms? Right. (laughs) (laughs) So some people are feeling like they're over the need that the rom-coms of late tend to have just murder chilling around the side. Right. So I didn't I didn't see Crash Course in Romance yet, but I think that was what they were referring to. Um, um, I think it, there's been a few, but definitely right. I don't think it was executed well in Crash Course. In okay, Romance. that's it. Well, Summer Strike had one as well. And Summer Strike is like this like a sweet, fluffy rom-com with like a green flag MC1 and all of a sudden there's just like murder and it's it's kind of brutal like i'm like so i have to i mean i don't mind a murder subplot but i do have to admit in summer strike it kind of took away from like the overall like like the drama had a lot of like vibes about like what does it mean to be happy and like what are you pursuing that makes you happy um things like that like a really kind of like nice message and then all of a sudden there's just like killing so like suicide. Like it was terrible. From yeah, from a writer's perspective, where it feels like maybe the trend is going right now is when you're kind of like looking at your plot, you'll have your high concept of like this is my mm. fluffy rom com premise of whatever it is, like Summer Strike stuttering librarian by the sea, I guess, or whatever. Right, right, right. But then you're like, okay, I can't really sustain that for like twelve to sixteen episodes. So for the saggy middle to fill out the plot, if we throw in some murder. <laughs> then we at least have like an external conflict that's going to like drive the story a bit. I think that, right. that it just feels like it's become this kind of like rating crutch to be like, when in doubt, and you know, you've got a high concept, but you're not quite sure how to milk it over this length of episodes. If you have some murder, <laughs> you're going to like be able to like, you know, get through a few episodes just on that murdering. Right. That's what and- Summer Strike was. It was like the murder took up two episodes and all of a sudden i was like where did my sweet romance go like what and i thought about this with like our books too like okay so what do we do like what are we doing where we're not having because if we threw murder into like an average romance book you're changing the genre to like romantic suspense generally like a rom-com is not going to just be having murder in the middle of it but what i think we do at least in books especially that like as writers we're taking up time with generally not all the time but generally is sex and they're not going there. And so therefore, I, that's like my, I'm wondering if we're swapping out sex for murder as like the plot, the plot enhancement to keep the story going. That's so amazing. It's funny because when I'm writing and I know that I have like a sex scene coming up, I'm like, I usually save it for when I have like a, a chunk of time to write like a, a decent yeah. chunk of time. Because I know that I like easily I'll hit like 1500 words in a writing session just on like sometimes even just the build up to it like i know i can like pad out almost a full chapter based on just like one like sex yeah. scene the lead and up that's not to say the that there's scene like and the not intention i guess you know like so i yeah. want to make it seem like you know you're not just putting it in to fill up space no it's but like own, yeah correct yeah it's like it it does ratchet up the tension like mm-hmm. uh the yeah, <laughs> like the murder. Instead, we have like, you know, the build up to the sexy time tension building up. So I mean, I do I think maybe that is it's the replacement for if you 
don't have, you know, <laughs> it's I mean, like true. sex or violence. Maybe that I, I just, it occurred to me now, I'd have to think about it more if I wanted to hang that as a truism, but I do think that that makes sense. Cause I'm looking at the writers being like, what are you going to do to continue driving like conflict in the story beyond just like the internal conflict that would happen in a romance? You need to have some sort of bigger conflict. And I can just see murder is a pretty straightforward thing to just toss in there. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, so. it's not my I don't mind it. Usually I will say, though, in Summer Strike, I didn't I didn't love it. It didn't. Feel I like, think yeah. Amy felt the same way. But but I but I, overall, I like Summer Strike. I do want to say if you want like and a I super green seen it flag. Yet, so. Super green flag hero. It's it is very there's very funny parts. Um, and I liked like the overall message. I just could have done without like the violence. Yeah. Whereas like when the camellia blooms, I don't even think that was a rom com though. But like no. I do think like, the, the yeah. serial killer subplot actually I felt like was woven into like the story essentially more. Yeah. It was more like somebody who's like a survivor continuing to like survive at all costs, but right. with like more of a lighthearted. <laughs> <laughs> right no no no, no, no. i agree i i did like it in that okay i'll pivot to let's see two more and then we can go to, okay. into some of our owns so okay here's an easy one we get this every so often watching reply 1988 wtf with the goat noise <laughs> oh yeah we talked about that i forget about the goat noise until like i see clips and i'm like oh yeah that freaking goat noise i mean k-dramas love their little like their little noises like sometimes it's like like windshield wiper noises are like blinking like beep, beep, yeah. you know what i mean so some people really just dislike it and that's fine i yeah. that goat i hear that goat and i'm immediately like oh it's a reply i love it i feel happy. i know i know i kind of it kind of takes me back i'm almost like nostalgic about it okay here's one i'm a little bit um so this is one i'm planning on watching and you do not want to watch it at all and this isn't a spoiler, but I'm just going to throw out that unpopular K-drama opinion alert. I didn't like my liberation notes. Oh. The male part of the couple was problematic right down to the last episode. He needed therapy and rehab, not a relationship. He screamed red flag every time I saw him. Well, you're like, well, now I want to watch it more. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, that's him. a selling point for you. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Ah! not that i approve of like red flag men in humanity but i'm curious i'm very curious and so again we can't speak to this one because neither of us have seen it but if you're at home you might be clutching at your chest right now thinking this person's so wrong or you might be pumping your fist saying yes i think so too the, the, so the reason i don't want to watch that which i've said before that writer doesn't work for me um i've watched two dramas with that writer and i didn't like them and there's no point in me watching that because i know that the people who like who who did enjoy liberation notes like loved it like it was like their favorite drama of the year and so i don't want to go in knowingly i mean yeah maybe it would be nice to be surprised and i end up liking it but i just don't really want to do that to myself like there's so many things that i really really want to watch and i'm just not I, i'm not like here to be like this drama you loved is terrible and i go in no i you know what i mean i just i don't yeah. think it's for me but i i actually do think leah it's a you drama i actually do just from what oh, i've heard about it we will we will see okay because i think okay. it's very like slice of life yeah and so i could i could yeah definitely get behind it so okay do you have i know you have something that you want to unburden yourself with so i actually want to give you the floor right. first 
so I have been immersed in some some K content that I just need to talk about because I just I need to get it off my chest. Okay. And I was gonna post about this in Patreon, but then it was like too long and it also felt really self-indulgent because I just want to like talk about <laughs> like I wasn't actually gonna post to like get feedback or like start a conversation. <laughs> I just wanna be like, I just wanna say, I just wanna unburden myself, which is I why we're here. <laughs> so I started watching a Korean uh, like K-pop reality show called Peak Time. And the reason, so let me first say what Peak Time is, which I think is a really, really cool idea, is it's K-pop idols that have already debuted, but um, either their groups have disbanded or they're basically like not successful group or not I shouldn't say not successful. They need more publicity. Like these are groups that just aren't selling super well um or they're like older like there's a member from like the former like BAP like BAP um and I personally think that that's just a really really cool idea for like we're constantly debuting these like new groups but there's these like talented People that are working so hard have already debuted, like, let's give them more publicity. So that's the idea of peak time, which I just, again, I love. And Mm -hmm. I've talked before about how much I like the group Vanner. It's V-A-N-N-E-R. So Mm -hmm. they have a song. My favorite song they do is called Form, which I've wrecked on this pod. Mm -hmm. Um, And I still listen to it all the time. It's on every K-pop playlist I have. I love it. So I've really, really liked them, but like... I, they haven't really come out with new music and I wasn't really sure where they are. Well, they're on peak time and they are, I can't, I can't handle it. So they're like, they're number one on peak time because they have this, this incredible story. So it's their entertainment company. It's just them and the CEO. That's it. That's all it is. I like that. I like that. Yeah. And they, so the CEO has a part-time job. Like, he can't fund, he cannot fund this. He doesn't, you know what I mean? He needs to work. And these K-pop idols who are, like, they've released music. Like, they've released an album. They ha- they all have part-time jobs. And um, so the judges were, like, interviewing them. And they're kind of, like, crying. Because they're like, we've been working so hard. We But we have no money. We made no profit on our album. And uh, we all work part-time jobs. Like, the ones, like, uh, he sells tech bookie. Um the other is a barista like <laughs> which it blows my mind because yeah. i've watched these k-pop idols and i thought they were like super successful i love them they're super talented and then to find out that they don't have a company behind them really they just have this like ceo who's like trying to help them and the leader of the group taiwan um he basically works like f- he does all these jobs as part of um, the entertainment company that normally like a K-pop idol wouldn't be expected to do, like advertising and things like that. And what's also interesting about him is that he was exempted from the military in a rare instance of what they call extreme financial insecurity, which basically Aww. means it's so sad. Like he, so his father passed away and he is the sole provider of his family. And so apparently this is like super rare to be exempted for this reason. But when you're like the sole provider of your family, 
Um, There's a K-drama actor who had this happen too. I'll see while you're oh, talking really? if I can find, because I've heard about this one more time and it's from somebody we know. Like, I think it might be okay. one of the hospital playlist actors. It is. You're right. I read that. I read that. You're right. You're right. I forget. I think it's, I forget. As you, but yeah, keep talking and I'll look it up fast. Okay. So, so of course they're making like headlines now, which is, it makes me so freaking happy because I do love them and they're amazing on peak time. So like. 100% if you guys you can see you can watch peak time on Vicky and it's it's really good the performances are incredible because these are not trainees like these are mm -hmm. these are all people who have debuted so they know what they're doing um and the the age of range oh my gosh the range of ages is pretty vast which is kind of cool too so I'm still going hold on because I still have more unburdening so okay. and I can started... find the person. Do you want me just to oh, who was it? that in really yeah. fast? So it's Jo Jong Suk, who was our liver transplant specialist. Oh, um, okay. He uh, was in a theater department, Seoul Institute of Arts, uh, when his father died uh, in 2000s and he was on loans and his widowed mother became fully dependent on him. So he oh. was granted an exemption from military service due to the family circumstances and then quit school so he could start earning money. That's yeah, that that yeah, that's the way this Taiwan is. And he currently yeah, he sells duck bookie. And then he um, works part time as an idol, basically. Um, okay, so because I watched peak time, then I inevitably inevitably kind of got into boys planet, which do you know what boys planet is? Vaguely. Okay, so basically, these are trainees, and they're looking to debut. So it's like a survival reality show where they like have to sing and dance and do all this stuff. So I noticed that there was like a trainee on Boys Planet that was really familiar and his name is Kim Ji Wung. And I was like, oh my God, he's been in BLs. Like I know I, I haven't seen the BLs, but I've been meaning to like two of them. He was a vampire and then he has one that's like a contemporary BL. So I was like, I got to see because he's so attractive. Like I can't explain to you that he just... I would watch him just sitting and staring into space for like a whole drama. <laughs> like he is, he is absolutely stunning looking. And it's like, because like, I feel like he's very unique looking too, like extremely unique. So I decided to watch Roommates of Poon Duck 304, which he's in. I freaking loved it. I am like, why I, why is no one talking about this drama? I actually messaged Allison from Afternoon Army, who's kind of like our resident BL expert, I would call her. <laughs> and I was like, why did you not tell me more about this drama? And why are more people not talking about it? And she's like, no, I agree. It was really cute. Like, I really liked it. Freaking loved it. And the best part is like, Kim ji Young can act. Like, he's not, I was like expecting him to be really bad. I feel so bad. I totally underestimated him, but I kind of expected him to be not great because he's like, just so attractive like modelist you know i was like he got the job yeah you like you're too yeah you're the visual no he's charming he can be goofy but yet he has charisma he can kiss like all of it all of it was like chef's kiss so um i highly recommend roommates of poon duck 304 it's on vicky it's adorable and fun and like really low angst like low angst fluffy just like enjoy you know what i mean and then one more thing i started watching 
or I then I went to the new employee, which is another Korean BL. And again, freaking loved it. Low angst, adorable. It was only seven episodes. They're 20 minutes long. Some great kissing, like highly, highly recommend. It was seriously delightful. And I saw a familiar face. And you want to know who was in it? Do you remember our, do you remember our like sad puppy from Singles Inferno 1 who followed Gia around? (gasps) He made it into something? Yes. With like the curl, he had like curly hair at the time on the show, like dark curly hair. And didn't he like burn himself on the show? The sad Disney princess. The the sad sad Disney 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 prince. Yeah, he's in it. He is in it. It's so funny because he like came on screen and I'm like, where have I seen him? Oh my God, it's driving me crazy. Where have I seen him? So I went to like his wiki account and there, right there, it says he was in Singles Inferno 1. He looks way better. He's just like a side character. He's not, um, he's not a main character, but he looks fantastic. Like he's there to be attractive. Like that's kind of, you know, the one character like had a crush on him in the past. He's there to be attractive, but I got so excited because I was like, oh my gosh, look at our Singles Inferno people getting roles. Like Soe in the in the glory, like look at that. She was good. She was really good. Actually, I was really I was and and Sion was was fan, he was very good as well in uh in his little in his role. It was just a small role. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so that's what I've been. I've just been on. A, I've just been binging Peak Time, Boys Planet, and BLs. I I just I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I'm supposed to be writing. I haven't been able to write because I've just been like deep diving into these shows. I know you when know. they air. Creative nurturing, creative nurturing. Yeah, it feels good. Like I really enjoy it, but it's just been fun to like get to know some new um, people as well. But I can't say enough about Kim ji He's definitely my new obsession and Vanner on peak time. So, and I actually, I, again, I, <laughs> Boys Planet, some of the performances aren't that great because they're trainees, but but if you want like amazing, amazing performances, you got to check out Peak Time. Um, I'm laughing because what I have to embarrow myself is radically different. <laughs> That's like, fine. Time on Boys Planet. And I'm like, okay, I've got something to embarrow myself with. For something, we're going to just switch lanes. <laughs> That's fine. I've just been, you don't understand. I have been like meaning, I really wanted to yeah, talk no, about no, these things I, and tell, um, yeah. I just want to tell like our listeners, like, like about like if you are a K-pop fan, check out this stuff because it's really good. And then like get on the Kim Ji Young train. I'm gonna watch Kissable Lips next, which is like his um vampire um drama. His mm-hmm. BL. I mean, he looks like a vampire in everyday life. Like it makes sense to me why he's like in two dramas as a vampire because he just he looks like one. It's just crazy. So anyway, all right. Let let's hear what you've been what you need to unburden yourself with. Okay. So this is actually like a newer thing. So one of our, um, one of our Patreon members, uh, you know, shared out this article that I had to look at and I've been thinking about it ever since I read it last night. And, um, and so it's from, Oh yeah, um, I forgot. I, yeah, you're right. Cause I know what you're going to talk about. I'm on like the boy train and you're like, okay, <laughs> Let's talk about so, feminism. <laughs> yes, yeah, I was just, I was like, we don't need to keep, we're not going to keep, I, this is what's nice. You know, we're going to move this right. all around. So right. we're going to go, you know, like lowbrow, highbrow, then look, trust me, we all know when I'm talking about taking it, taking a foot to the ankle, I can take it lowbrow. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, my, our friend from the Patreon, Grace shared this article 
that um, is from The Cut. And there's many articles about this movement, and we can put some in the show notes. But the title is A World Without Men. The women of South Korea's 4B movement aren't fighting the patriarchy. They're leaving it behind entirely. And essentially what the article talks about, and look, I am like not deeply familiar. I've read about it last night. So, you know, I'm not going to like come at this from like a big academic, but it left an impression and it's gotten me thinking a little bit. Like I woke up this morning thinking about it. So essentially the 4B movement is, um, is around this idea of um, like an idea of what would be called like so-called radical feminism, but it's 4B is shorthand for four Korean words that all start with B or no. So there's Bihon, which is the refusal of heterosexual marriage. There's Bitulsan, which is the refusal of childbirth. There's Bione, which is saying no to dating. And there's bisexu, which is the rejection of heterosexual sexual relationships. And so it's seen as kind of like both an ideological stance and a lifestyle choice. And, um, you know, how widespread it is seems to be open to, uh, you know, to some debate of is it a bigger movement? Is it a smaller movement? And like I said, I've only read like a few articles now about it, so I can't really speak to that. And that's not important. I guess what I wanted to talk about with it that got me thinking is how <laughs> I feel like, sorry if you're, yeah. So what it got me thinking about is how, you know, I feel like I'm somebody who, as I've like continued to like grow up, have just become more aware and embracing of um, feminist ideals and just kind of like the insidious nature of the patriarchy. But with that being said, I also feel as if true, like good feminism is always intersectional. And so be it that we're, I don't want to be like, you know, a turf, like a trans exclusive, right. like, you know, so I mean, like, I feel like there's room in a sisterhood that's not like CIS, right? Like we can be a broad, a broad inclusive uh, tent for, for where people who, you know, have femme identification, I'm, I'm lumping us all in together in this. But where I do think that here we are two two Amy when she's here, three white women from the West talking about romance. I think that's fine. And I think that that's important. And I think it's good. And we're talking from this from a place of like, this is story and this is fantasy. But I never want to be in a position where I'm inadvertently peddling this idea that like, women potentially in one of the countries that we're really focusing on, which is like Korean and Korean stories might be living in this like place where they're feeling such struggle that there were there that some people are feeling resort, like they need to resort to these like very strong ideological stances because things feel like they're at such um, an imbalance. And so right. I don't want to be in this place where we're pretending like we're just going to give a hall pass to like all men in Korea because we see like, Irangok be like adorable as the Reaper, or I have like a Jimin situation with BTS and think he's like, you know, my new Lord and Savior essentially in terms of being like an awesome, like gender fluid, magical person. And so I just want to say that, like, I guess that's I, so I don't have a lot. Like, if I was going to post this, I'm not looking to have a conversation because I don't know enough to have this conversation. But it got me thinking today of where do we have a responsibility as um, consumers of something and, and the acknowledgement that a lot of these dramas are written by women and that fantasy mm -hmm. and kind of 
inviting in what we want to call in and what we want to imagine about and what we want to think is great, that doesn't always match like what's happening on the ground. And so, you know, in the, in the long past, we've talked about like not being like a Korea boo or not just assuming that you're going to Korea because it's this magical place where like all men are going to like cry and take you on like a claw machine date. <laughs> but I guess, you know, and I don't think people really think I think that, but I guess I was right. just trying to be like, where, where do we have some maybe responsibility, I guess, to like, even showcase some f- people who have some lived experiences dealing with um, some of these things and giving them platform and using our space to kind of like make this a bigger tent and make sure that, um, you know, we're hearing perspectives too. I just don't want to be like idealizing romance so much in another country where some people might be feeling it so heavily and we're not like acknowledging that essentially. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree with that. I would say obviously when we started this podcast and when we started being, we started as fans of K drama, it was fans, at least in, I can speak from me, but I do think I speak for you and Amy too. I think you are. Yeah. Yeah. We were fans of the way these dramas were written. So mm-hmm. I never was like, oh, I'm a fan of the dating scene in Korea. Like, Correct. I want to, yeah, like, <laughs> I, I want to separate that fantasy space as well. Um, because I, I'm a fan of how they write their stories. But I, but I fully acknowledge that this is not reality for people kind of, for women, mostly anywhere. I mean, um, yeah, and certainly, yeah, I, I do want to acknowledge that these aren't always lived experiences. We're just happy with how um, the K-drama industry writes romances. And there are some things about Korean culture that I think can lend themselves to a really romantic story. But again, these are stories. And these are, you know, just like how you can take, you know, Western culture and twist it into, you know, a fantastic romance. I think that that's the same way with K-dramas, right? And is, is what I'm saying make makes sense. I like I understand that it's that it's fantasy um and I'm coming at it from a writer and creative point of view, not oh my god, if I go to Korea it's going to be like this because no. Right. And just like we're not going to say like okay, like let's look at some of our classic rom-coms, like Pretty Woman. <laughs> right so i mean that's that's an amazing story you know like i love it it's so fun it's so fun that when i went to la recently i like went to the hotel that like was like the pretty woman hotel just to like have a drink like at the bar there so i was like oh it's the pretty woman hotel i want to take a i want to go in the bathtub there you know she's like in the bathtub yes and do i have a respect for like sex work and the sex work industry also correct but do i think that like would I say that, like, you know, if somebody is, like, in a other part of the world looking at us being like, look, in America, you can be a sex worker and then a billionaire is going to, like, pick you up, fall in love yeah. with you. But you're also just folks who can drive a car, you know, like, it's like, look, obviously this isn't real. So don't, like, be right. like, man, I need to come to America and find my own Richard Gere. So I'm like, yeah, they don't exist. So it's the same. It's the same. It is. That's what I'm saying. We, but that's what that, I mean, that's what romance and and fantasy is, but um, it's still often, well, I don't know. I think Western media still needs to come a long way when it comes to romance um, and how it's written. But again, that's kind of why I like K-dramas because they allow a lot of female writers or female presenting writers in that space who are, just killing it yeah and i definitely think that like i'm very happy we're past the point where you know 
in my younger adult times. And we've talked about this in the pod too, but not for a while of like where I feel like Asian men, and I think this still happens, but in Western media, if you were going to see an Asian character, an um, Asian male character, they were not going to be presented in a way that was remotely sexy. They were going to be Correct. presented in a way that was coded to be, I mean, just pure racism from the terms of like accent and word pronunciation and also just kind of like sexless neutered males, basically. So yeah, I do. Asian women have been treated terribly by, by Western media and, um, and like, oh my God, I just think about like eighties movies and mm -hmm. like when, like, the war movies like when we anything about korea japan vietnam oh my god the way we treated asian females in those movies is well we hypersexualize women i feel like yeah. women have been hypersexualized and men have yeah. been completely neutered. neutered and that's a whole other crazy. bigger conversation but so right. do i think it's good to then be like uh actually like there's tasty snacks in all races and we should like <laughs> be celebrating that and we yeah. shouldn't also like swing the pendulum so far that now we're like, yeah, pretending like I don't want to then other I don't want to other and be like, there's like, you know, there's no sexiness here and no like interest and you're just two dimensional. But if we swing the pendulum too far the other direction, then mm -hmm. we're like idealizing and you can other in idealizing too. And so I just want to always make sure that like, you know, if you're listening at home too, like, let's just approach this as it should be, which is fun and imagination, but like, we're not going to bring this into like the reality of our dating lives. <laughs> right. Correct. Um, and you know what? I kind of, I don't, I think this kind of leads into it. I kind of want to talk about RM, the leader of BTS. He has, he did an interview recently where um, he talks about the work ethic of Korea and, um, kind of what he thinks about like outside criticism of it and just knowing that we have talked a little bit on the pod like when we've watched dramas or heard stories about like real life stories about you know korean students like just studying like all hours or the 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 work hours of you know um korean business people and I thought RM had a really interesting response, and I'm definitely paraphrasing. So let me know, Leah, if I you don't think I paraphrase this properly. But he's basically like, as an outsider, I guess you can criticize it, but you don't, you don't um, like you just see us now. So like you don't. Yes, we we work really hard, but that's because 70 years ago we like were in a country like we've had to overcome so much so go ahead and like criticize it but look where we are like look how much we've accomplished you know what i mean um, yeah i'm gonna actually pull up the whole thing because yeah like that is it to a point but it's not like i feel like let's see he says more than that but it just i it made me think when i read that i was like yeah i've definitely been slightly i don't know i guess judgmental when i see you know how maybe like yeah the korean work ethic not judgmental I've definitely been like, wow, that's really harsh. Why do they have to work so hard or something like that? And I felt taken to task in a, like, in a, like, appropriately by RM's comments. I was like, you're right. You know, that's not my place to, um, critique a society's critique. work ethic. Yeah. To cre critique from a Western point of view as a, 
as a white woman living in the West. <laughs> it's not my job or my place at all to critique that sort of work ethic and what they had to do to build Korea to the country it is now. Yeah. And I think that the country itself can like have its own internal dialogue about that. But like you said, so here, like there's this idea, yeah. like the question essentially, the question, not essentially, the question that, that he was given was that cult of youth of perfection of overexertion in K-pop. Are they Korean traits? And he says in the West, people just don't get it. Korea is a country that has been invaded, raised, split into only 70 years ago. There was nothing. We received help from the IMF and the UN. But now the whole world is looking at Korea. How is it possible? How did it happen? Because people worked fucking hard to improve. You are in France or the UK, countries that have been colonizing others for centuries. And you come to me with, oh my gosh, you put so much pressure on yourselves. Like Korea is so stressful. Well, yes, this is how things are achieved. And... um and that's part of what makes K-pop so appealing. Although, of course, there are shadows. Everything that happens very quickly and very intensely has side effects. So I like this because I think he's just kind of like called it out pretty clearly. And honestly, yeah. I am here for him calling out the West anytime he feels like it because the West always needs calling out. Yeah. Um, well, he's basically like, fuck you, colonizers. <laughs> yeah. And like, here you are sitting here being like, well, don't you have to work really hard to like, why are you working yeah. so hard? And it's like, why are you working so hard? Well, <laughs> well, we didn't yeah. like steal from other countries. For <laughs> such yeah. Reason. And also, I mean, part of the reason that, you know, there's many reasons why Korea has been split into the North and South. But the reason that there's a split rate at the 38th parallel is because Americans sitting in Washington, D.C., who had, like, no idea, probably even, had probably even, like, never heard the word Joseon. I believe some had no idea even how to find it on a map, if, like, the stories mm -hmm. are true. We're like, mm -hmm. how are we going to split this? We're not going to look at geography. We're not going to look at anything that makes sense. We're not even going to discuss if we should split it in the first place. But we're going to look at this right. neat little parallel and be like, you, this is here, this is here, like, boom, done, solved, solved it, <laughs> moving on to, like, the next right. problem of our, like, post-World War II situation. And that is what happened. Yeah. Like, look up history, man. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be like going into like Pennsylvania and being like, let's just find like where one of the longitude lines are. Is it longitude? Latitude. And then like, that's it. And so, yeah, I think fair, fair. And again, the fact that we should always just be aware because I do, we all just do it too especially if you're white in the west like you're just like innately going to other people because we have been shown that our viewpoints are the dominant viewpoints and so even if we don't want to hold those views and even if we don't want to be those people we have to like recognize that like unconsciously since we were born that has been given being given to us and so mm -hmm. that's nothing to like you know i don't want to like shame people and be like you know so then we're trash but it's like when they're we're like white people do better like we got to do better <laughs> and we got to like think about like where do we have all this unconscious bias and superiority and ideas that we can like look at other places and be like well why do you yeah i mean way? i that love i really... love his yeah i love his whole interview but i mean it's like <sighs> just because of the content we consume like i want to separate the fantasy from 
the reality, but then I also want to respect where that fantasy, what place that fantasy is coming from. Like, I want to mm-hmm. respect the place that those writers are coming from when they tell a story. And so in order to do that, I do think I need to to understand the country um, a little bit. And uh, so that's why I just, I don't know. I, li- I liked RM's whole interview, um, but I think, like I, f- like, I took what he said not personal but i internalized that and i was like yeah i need to i need to do better yeah and i think that i've given myself a little bit bigger permission than maybe i feel like is warranted to say oh well we're in a place where we're not making we're talking about story structure and Mm -hmm. you know romance and i feel like that's a good lane for us to be in like we should stay yeah in that lane (laughs) but i do think that as much as we can moving forward we should also acknowledge that like we have a platform that is growing i mean like we are a niche podcast um but i do think that where we could we it's not our job to like come in and then like you know present the critique but what we can continue to look to do in the future is open up our pod and like our networks to let other people share some more of their stories that like are more their stories to tell and more their lane to be in. And so I think that that's something that would be um, continuing. Like that's something I think that we are all kind of talking about as we move forward is having time sometimes for other folks to talk more about some of these things, not with, not like us with all the caveats, but being able to be like, this is my opinion because this is where I am. Yeah. Well, speaking of growing, this is funny because we got an email uh this week um Mm, from a yeah from like a lot like we have all known her name's amy joe uh we have known her for a very long time she is a fellow author she writes stunning emotional gay romance by the way if you want to check her out um and she sent us an email because she's like oh i was talking to what like a co-worker about k-dramas and c-dramas and her co-worker is like oh basically you, you know you should check out this podcast the afternoon is and amy's amy's like because oh, romance writers it. do it like there's romance writers yeah she's like romance it. writers do it and amy's like oh well like i know some romance writers let me see and she's like i know these women i know all of them and like yeah i've met amy joe in person like several times like i would consider yeah. her a friend and so she said so she sent us this email with a picture of her co-worker whose name is ali so shout out to Allie. And I guess Allie's mom listens to us too. So hi, Allie's mom. But it was a really sweet email. Thank you, um, Amy Joe, for sending it to us because it made us all very happy. I mean, it really made my week to get yeah. that email. Just to see, like, I don't know, that there's like connections being made like that. Yeah. Oh, I like that there's connections mind. being made. And then it was particularly nice to hear from this person simply because I feel like They've always just felt really cool to me. <laughs> Amy Joe? So, yeah. She is. So she's like the cool, just she's like, so you know, cool. If there's like the cool person like at the table that you're like, you know, you have just like, you know, like a cool, a interesting ways that you look at the world. I really identify with them. Like kind of like, who do I want to be when I grow up kind of vibes. I was like, so it just felt extra awesome to hear from them under that lens. Oh, absolutely. I, I love, I love Amy Joe, And like I said, I've, I've met her in person. She is, she's awesome. So it was really good to, to hear. Oh, actually, no, she does write as Amy Joe Cousins. Okay. So she has a, 
she has a series that I really like called Bend or Break. The first book is called Off Campus. I really, uh, I do recommend that. I recommend all her books, but um, if you're looking for um, really great kind of like emotional uh, gay romance, she writes it. So anyway, thank she, you, Amy. Oh, yeah. I also wanted to call out one that I read of hers that was super hot. Um, and I don't think that she yeah. did more with it, but it was called um, Callie Unwrapped. And it was oh. wild and dirty. Yes. I never read that one, but I, I, yeah, I've read a bunch of hers, but I, I think I didn't read that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think I such. have a thing for, um, <laughs> this is more than anyone probably needs to know about me, but um, I have a thing for when, <laughs> when people put fingers into mouths, I think it's hot. Oh, and so I, I, I think the too. cover of that book, if I can remember right, the cover of that book has like a woman's mouth and then like somebody putting fingers it into is. it. Um, I'm going to look it up. Yeah, because really actually, let see. me say Amy Jo writes yes. a I shouldn't say she writes gay romance because she writes um, she writes she writes kind of a range romance. of LG. Yeah. yeah, she writes queer romance. So actually, let me see, because I think you're but here's right. the cover. I'll put this. in. The oh, it's so too. hot. I forgot. But yeah, this one. it's that the the hand with the mouth so i read this it was really good um I forgot and then in the handmaiden which i keep shilling and we'll do there's like a scene where like one of the women has like a toothache kind of and she's in the bathtub and it's kind of like an iconic scene from like when they show stills of it and so mm-hmm. kim tae's character like she's like you know put your hand in my mouth to kim tae so like you can like manipulate oh. my my tooth and so you just oh. see this woman in this position of like passivity in the tub with her mouth open and then like Kim Tae like putting her finger in her mouth and it's hot and so I don't know what it oh, is so look I'm no that outing gets my, me I'm not really in real life a toe sucker but apparently I do <laughs> like fingers <laughs> and fairly I like fingers fingers and mouths are hot you can put that as a quote fingers in mouths are hot <laughs> dash Leah Riley <laughs> actually did you know that she wrote a like a sequel to Callie Unwrapped it's called Callie Unleashed no, I need to read it then because I yeah. read that one and then nothing. I remember like there wasn't anything else to read. So yeah, oh, it looks like there's a, a it's a three parter. Oh, there's three parts. It's called Play It Again, the Play It Again series. Oh, oh yeah, we have Kelly oh, Unwrapped, Kelly Unleashed, and then Kate oh, and Kate Unexpected. Unexpected. Oh, my dog, listen to him. My dog just was like, I want to get in on this too. Yeah, your dog. <laughs> and you know what? Dog's this like, is a I perfect like fingers. Time too, because like I said, I've been feeling like I've been. Because the market just gives way more, um, like, BL-type stories in, like, you know, either Thai or Korea or Japan. Like, I have been seeking more kind of, like, uh, sapphic stories, too, just to kind of, like, round out, like, the things I'm reading. So, I'm like, I guess I know what I'm reading this weekend. I needed a book. I just finished a book. And so, now I'm going to, like, dive into some sexy queer erotica. Thank you, Amy Jo Cousins. (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh no she i mean i'm still on her newsletter list so i still oh, get her okay. newsletters <laughs> um but yeah that was just i don't know man i i love that email and i also love how we went from like talking about fem- feminism and like korean work ethic work ethic to like <laughs> back to tosa <laughs> finger fingers and mouth fingers and mouths are hot always always hot always they're never well no. i mean like some fingers it's... might not be hot but like pick a good i just i have i'm a mat do you want me to be really gross? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Friday. Do what you want. Amy's not here. So, right. <laughs> you know, nobody's surprised to know that uh, my ultimate bias in like the world, but also in BTS is 
Minyungi or Shiga oh. or August. I know where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> and his folio, like they all did like a pictorial folio. Yeah. And so his folio released on his birthday. He was the last one to go March 9th. My, I don't have it in my hot little hands yet. It's en route. It says it's going to come in like April because Weaver's fucking sucks. So, yeah. um, but when it dropped, like many spoiler photos were out all over the place. And first of all, I nerdily saw that he was in Lone Pine shooting this. And Lone Pine is a small town in California that I've been to. And I was so over the moon and thrilled when I saw, I mean, it's like a very small town. If you are from the Owens Valley, I am not trying to minimize it. I don't want to say it's podunk. It's beautiful. It's a very tiny little town. Anyway, I saw that was in Lone Pine and I knew somebody who was from a town right next to it. And I wrote them like, oh my God, this person I really like went and took photos in Lone Pine. And they wrote back and they said, okay, that's interesting. And I was like, wait, why did I even write this? Like, I'm like, I need to like write, I need to not talk to civilians like a crazy person. It was like a good good reminder to be like, you know, if you're not army, like talk, don't, don't make them know what's happening. So all of you at home that aren't army. I apologize because you can tell you me are though, civilians. Like no, but these are civilians listening at home. Calling them civilians is the funniest <laughs> thing ever. Okay. So, um, so in these like spoiler photos that have gone out, there's a hand picture. And if you look carefully at the hand, just cause you've got some time, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to notice a few things. One, you're going to notice that he clips his own nails and that's hot. Like those are not. Wait, how do you know? Oh, well, they're clearly no manicure is doing that. Oh. <laughs> like that looks like somebody sat on their couch with like nail clippers and like like you know, mine look right now. <laughs> like they're all, short, like, they're short and handle, but they're yeah. a little choppy and like there's a little bit of like it's not a clean. It's not Stop. if somebody if you paid for that you've got problems. Like they you, stop. Yeah. But then beyond that, he's got like little furry knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> and it un when I say it undid me, it undid me. And I don't know what it is because, you know what, we all have our things. And, you know, back in like Jane Austen's time, you see a little flasher wrist and you were like boing boner alley. I see some little furry knuckles (laughs) and I'm like, yeah, I got a finger thing. I'm sorry. Hashtag finger kink. No, it's okay. I, I, well, you sent me the picture, but I was really confused because I was like, what I don't am think I, I gave contest. You didn't. You're just like, I'm really into the fingers. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I didn't like scroll up and see the picture. And then you're like, there's hair on them. And I thought you had a typo. I was like, because I, I was like, what are you trying to say? With no context. And you're like, no, I'm actually. <laughs> And you're like, no, I'm actually talking about hairy fingers. I was like, what? <laughs> and that, when I'm and saying, I, we're not talking about like obscenely hairy fingers. We're not talking about like Sasquatch hands. We're no, talking- I looked. It's like they're about as hairy as mine. So I was like, oh, okay, Leah. <laughs> but no, I feel I I I respect it. I'm not judging. Like good good for you. Like I'm glad that that photo brought you immense joy. Like, you know. Yes. And I'm going to burn myself with one other thing before we get back to it. And this is just because mm-hmm. we we're talking about um, Amy Jo Cousins. And oh, okay. it just brought me back to a time of when I met you and Amy. And I'm just telling this because it's a gross story and Amy would not approve. That's the only reason <laughs> I'm telling this story. So when okay. we were, this has nothing to do with K-drama. This has to do with writing. Okay. When we were getting ready to come out in the world as baby authors. Right. We formed a little group. This is how we met, actually. And there was like a Facebook group and it was like 2014 debut authors. And it was like a little private group. 
Yes, it was like NA fourteen debuts or yeah, new adult, new adult writers or whatever, and we were all in this group together. Feels so long ago, like from January to December, like everyone's book was going to come out that year. You know, we were all brand new, and there was maybe Mm -hmm. like fifteen of us in the group or Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how it became the convention. I really don't. But when your book was ready to release the way we would celebrate you in the group was to say, it's time to bring out the buckets of Bigfoot come. <laughs> oh my God, we did do, why did we do that? And then we would just post pictures of Bigfoot and big, why like, did we do that? <laughs> I think cause Moan and buckets? For, because Moan for Bigfoot had come out at that time, which was a romance. Uh, I don't even know if it, it was a very short, erotic novel that kind of got traction for being bonkers it went viral and did really well and then we all were like trying to wish each other the same success success is moan for bigfoot yeah because it was like a 20 page (laughs) story about a woman that essentially just like kind of gets like (laughs) non-con trapped by bigfoot and there was like a and basically it was disgusting and they talked about like you know his genitalia as having like being like extra squishy like i remember there was like a lot like that was like there was nothing good and then when bigfoot would like get off it would just apparently like paint the cave just yeah everything would be dripping (laughs) and i don't know why that became the convention but i just as i was talking about this other thing i was like i just had to just like it was my intrusive thought that needed to come out of do you remember when we would celebrate our successes by being like, it's time to bring out the Bigfoot cup. Uh, and then we would just I have, cannot like, be- I can't, I forgot about it till just now. How did I block that out? Well, it's not like just- delicious. <laughs> I don't know why. Why did we do, oh my God, that's so funny. So I'm so this glad entire you brought year, that Every time somebody's book came out, that was how we celebrated them. And that was how yep. we met, was being in that group. <laughs> I really think we need to bring that back. I want to continually wish people buckets of Bigfoot cup. Yeah. And it was just such a nice thing because, you know, you knew that, like, somebody's book was coming out, like, in March. And my book, I think, was coming out in, like, August or something. So it'd be, like, you'd get so excited to see somebody come out. And, like, yeah. And then just that was your day to just get a whole bunch of pictures of, like, milk. Just, like, yes. there's lots of gifts of milk for some reason. Oh, my God. Uh, Oh, that was so funny. That was a good group. Yeah. Well... Speaking of <laughs> back to not dramas. Bigfoot. No. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, speaking of K pop, let's do um the K pop wreck of the week. And uh, uh Leah, why don't why don't you why don't you take this one this week? Okay. Because something will... big happened. Last night. Okay. So Yeah, okay. which I was mess I, I watched this at like one AM. You did. I was so actually happy to hear from you at that point because yeah. I was in my feelings. So yeah. Pak Jimin, who is uh, on the vocal line of BTS and um, seen as kind of like one of the two primary dancers, uh, was classically trained, you know, went to like an arts high school and things. Um, he is coming out with the third solo album that is happening in this like hiatus period of bts so we had like j-hope come out with uh, um you know his first efforts then we had rm come out uh with indigo back in i think december and now um we have pak jimin coming out with this album i think it's like five or six songs and it's called face and it's going to release next week and the first song 
from the album dropped last night at midnight East Coast time. And I was trying to think because I was agitated before it dropped. And I was trying to think like, why am I so agitated? Like I've seen lots of comebacks for K-pop. And this one, I was actually like having like an elevated heart rate. Like, you know, when you just get like hyper anxious and I was like, why am I feeling so anxious? And it's because I wanted it to be so good because I really love Pak Jimin so much. And I think that he, um, he is just like beautiful and sweet and nice. And I feel like sometimes he gets like one dimensional for that of like, you're just like the sweet, nice guy, or there can be like a lot of social media stuff that shows him to be kind of like diva ish, which is where when I like two or three years ago, when I first was getting into like BTS, that was kind of, I'd be like, well, he's, he's got like that, like that face that can kind of like smolder on stage. He's kind of like the big diva. And the truth is he is many, many of these things. He's just a multifaceted, really fascinating, huge worker who I think, even though he gets a lot of hype and is really popular, I think can be like underrated for like his creativity and his desire to reach. So I was like, please just let this be amazing. Like, I just really want this to like kick ass and not be something that the world is like, yeah, it was good. Like, good, good for him being like on his own. And he came out with the song, Set Me Free, part two, um, which he has acknowledged is a very loose connection to Set Me Free from August D. or Shiga's mixtape, uh, which is called D2, which is a very acoustic, simple melody and kind of melancholic. And then you move into this, and I don't even know what you would call the intro to this. It's like gothic fucking like you know like you feel like you're about to go into like some sort of like phantom of the opera like wildness essentially just like yeah there's like no bright colors yeah there's no bright colors really it's like dark (laughs) and to be honest there isn't even like well i i I was surprised too there wasn't like i thought there was just gonna be like this focus on jimin's face yeah like that's his like the album is called face and so i thought it was just going to be like showing off how pretty he was which again Joke's on me. Like, I underestimated him. Instead, I got, like, this masterpiece. That's what I call it. Yeah, and essentially, like, the song is kind of like a meditation of, like, kind of, like, set me free of essentially breaking through barriers, becoming, like, this whole person kind of, like, and also, like, dropping some fuck bombs, which isn't really, like, on brand for Jimin. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like, other, like, the rap line often is, like, you know, getting intense, especially, uh... Suga and RM like are happy to be yeah. like you know fuck this fuck that whereas like Jimin not so much is really like showing up publicly like that but he was yeah. basically just kind of like fucking set me free and in this like swarm of people in this like very stark space created something that I think musically was really surprising pushed his voice into different directions went way deeper than I've heard him go um, except for when he's kind of like doing like a growly singing and yes there's auto-tune that was happening but it was done creatively and so the whole thing I think just ended up feeling interesting and it is highly listenable. Like I'll definitely listen to it but it def- it wasn't like a bop like one of those things that just kind of like you know it's not like butter, right? And that's good. Like, you no. don't want it to be. Like, don't be. I, so it's not yeah, this, like, Jimin... you know, they didn't make this thing that's, like, here's this very sweet, hooky, like, you no. know, top 40 <laughs> sound that's just going to, like, get everyone's earworm in and you're going to make, like, your McDonald's meal and get out. This is this was art. This was art. And um, I also obviously read the lyrics as I'm listening to the song and I felt like 
there the lyrics were really inspiring to me i think that there are a lot of people that can find individual meanings in the lyrics like for themselves like the lyrics were so good but yet also kind of universal Mm -hmm. but in a way that you would take personally i just I I I think that's good. They were they were universal. Like I don't think it was a deeply confess. It was interesting because it was confessional, but it wasn't like a deeply confessional personal song where you're just making these like inside references to like things of your own lived experience. I felt like it hit universal. Correct. Yeah. Uh, But I still felt like yeah. I mean, I literally love the lyric that's like I'm going insane to stay sane. or Which is a nod like from going... On. Yeah, it comes from On. That's, um, I'm not trying to well ask. Oh, I didn't you, know that. But it's a, okay. uh, their song On that's on Map of the Soul 7. That was a line from that. So they actually, oh, like, he pulled from I love that it. one. I love it. Well, I just, I, yeah, I mean, I, I was really impressed with it. I loved it. And I, um, as someone who's like not like full army, like, I, yeah, I totally underestimated him. And that's my fault. And I'm glad he was like, well, I'm going to blow away your expectations. Yeah. So I say watch it. Just if you're not even into be like, watch it. It's interesting and fun. And then just really quickly, the end, he's wearing kind of like a see-through shirt. Like at first, I think we all thought he was like painted, but it's a it's a shirt with printing on it that's see-through. So it looks like he's been drawn on. And mm-hmm. what the shirt is, the shirt is from, um, is words from uh, Rilke. And it's written in German. And I'm just going to read the two paragraphs because I think that they're beautiful. So it's, Mm -hmm. I live my life in widening circles that reach out across the world. I may never, I may not ever complete the last one, but I give myself to it. I circle around God, that primordial tower. I've been circling for thousands of years and I still don't know. Am I a falcon, a storm, or a great song? And look, in K-pop, Sometimes we see people wear clothing where people make a big deal about like, oh, they're wearing clothing of something. And we're like, eh, you're like drawing poorly. Like they don't know what they're wearing. Silas gave them something to wear. This yeah. isn't that. This isn't that. This is like everything was being connected thematically in right. this video. He wasn't just wearing a shirt to wear a shirt. Like, you know, thought had been put behind it, like the whole thing. And so yeah. it all kind of packs in and builds on a theme. And that idea of the widening concentric circles of stuff is like literally the cover of the album face that's releasing next week, which is like those drops of water mm-hmm. and what happens when water drops. And then you see like those rings spreading out. Mm-hmm. So Ugh, beautiful. It so Check much. it out. It's Pop T Men's Set Me Free Part Two. And I also really recommend yeah. going back and listening to Augustine's Set Me Free. It's very short and completely different sounding. But when you listen to them side by side, it's they're actually a really cool transition to listen to one and then the other. I was up last night first watching the new employee, the Korean BL that I said is fantastic. And then of course it's like 1am and um, boys planet was like, like they go live essentially on YouTube. I don't even know I was watching it. It was like, there's no subtitles. I have no idea what is happening. And I'm like, why am I awake? I was just just watching. And they're all, oh, my God. I mean, one is, like, 15. Of course, another's, like, 30. But, I mean, like, why am I watching this? And then um, just because I don't really know what's going on. Uh-huh. And also, it's, like, a live broadcast. So it was, yeah. like, obviously not, like, edited, whatever. And then um, and then you, I went over to Instagram and you messaged me. And I was, like, oh, shit. I didn't, like, I don't know. Like, I guess I got my dates wrong and I didn't 
realize when he was releasing it. So yeah, I watched it at like 1am and I'm just like lying in bed with like my jaw dropped while my husband is snoring next to me watching this video. Um, That's hilarious. And I loved it. Yeah, well, thank I you for it. being there to talk to me about it. Um, I appreciate it. If you enjoy our podcast, you have our patrons to thank, at least in part. Afternoon of Delight Patreon allows us to keep creating content for y'all to enjoy. Thank you so much to everyone who is supporting us there. And not to brag, but our Patreon community is pretty awesome. And you can join at a tier that feels good to you. Gain access to fun perks like K-drama posts, monthly Patreon-only bonus podcasts, and even a live K-drama support group on Zoom. Because we know firsthand what it's like to have no one to talk to about those crazy plot twists, amazing characters, and all those feelings. And look, no one should have to walk that walk alone. So learn more by visiting afternoonadelight.com. That's www afternoonadelight.com and hey while you're on the website you can check out Afternoona Delight podcast merch find links to book recommendations bop along to our K-pop recs blow up your skin with K-merch recs find all of our social media and a link to our email so you can send us recommendations or feedback and hey while you're at it why don't you pop over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a five star review it really helps with our discoverability Gamsamnida. So what kinds of things do you both like to do when you drive? Pay attention to the road? Is this a trick question? All right, how about when you fold laundry? Why am I folding laundry in this scenario? Read, friends. I was trying to get you to say read. You could just ask us if we like to read when we drive or... Wait, how are you reading when you're driving? With Audible. You know, our sponsor, who is the leading creator and provider of premium audio storytelling enriching the lives of millions of listeners every day, I listen to audiobooks on my commute to work in the car. Oh yeah, I totally do that. I love my Audible subscription. Then why'd you leave me hanging with the whole driving thing? Forget it. It's not important. What is important is that now our listeners can get a 30-day free trial of Audible Premium Plus from Afternoon of Delight. Do you know what they get with that free trial? Actually, I do. They get one audiobook credit, two if they are Prime members, which is good for any premium selection, and they get to keep that audiobook. They also get the whole Audible Plus catalog of podcasts, like Afternoon of Delight, audiobooks, guided wellness, and Audible Originals. And with the Plus catalog, you can listen all you want, no credits needed. And Audible sends you a reminder email before your trial ends. Sounds like a great way to spend 30 days to me, especially if you're heading outside for a walk, have a long commute to work, or just want to hear one of many talented narrators really bring your book to life. All you have to do is go to www.audibletrial.com slash afternoona to sign up and you're ready to download your first listen. Enjoy! As we start to move to wrap up, let's do a couple more yeah. of the um, Unburden Yourselves from Patreons responding yeah. to it. Yeah, let's do so, it. So here's one. Look, I'm not trying to call this person out, but you know, sometimes when you have a thought that's a personal front, like I respect you. I respect <laughs> you, listener. <laughs> so, oh God, what's this one? And I mean this in good fun. Like I really do. I'm not yeah. going to like, okay. I'm watching Flower of Evil and I like it, but it's so slow. Reminds me of Tale really? of the Nine Tales. 
took forever to get through. Anyone else finds certain dramas like that? Others I can binge, binge, binge. And I find that funny because for me personally, like, so look, they're not like this drama shit. I hate it. But what's funny is Flower of Evil and Tale of the Ninetale, I inhaled. I inhaled like a Chinese lantern that I was like. (laughs) I huffed the shit out of both of those. Flower of Evil, I could not. I, I, yeah, I didn't think it was slow at all. (gasps) And then somebody else, but here, somebody else responded. I could not manage more than one Flower of Evil per night, even though I thought it was terrific. Perhaps it was the dread Mm. that slowed me down. Um, oh, or that idea, okay. like it's just yeah, because it is. It's a heavy drama, so I can get also not like I'm just gonna jump into like cage murder. <laughs> oh, I mean it's yeah, and there is kind of like um, yeah, this sense of like impending doom <laughs> that kind of yeah. kind of when you're watching Flower of Evil because you, uh, yeah, I guess. Okay, here's yeah. one that I need to go back to because I hit it pause to finish the glory. And that's rain or okay. shine or just between lovers. So here's oh. just a one sentence comment that I know you've just okay. finished this drama and really liked it. I loved it. So I love Lee Jun Ho in rain or shine, but I find the female lead very flat. <gasps> oh, I don't agree, but I, um, I understand, but I don't agree. I, I'll just, uh, I really want to cover rain, rain or shine. It was, Oh, so like it was so good. Um, but I will say it was it was Lee Jun Ho's drama. Like it was it was him and everyone else was just circling him. I, I yeah. think the the female lead did a great job keeping up um with him. I'm not sure like I, I just in the comments so to this powerful. statement in the comments to the statement there's about three others where people felt like the female lead was just so so. So I'll say I'm only Yeah three or four episodes in and i am not feeling i i'm enjoying her so yeah I'll, we're gonna do this as a podcast so we'll be unpacking that yeah later. i mean was she the most impactful lead i've ever met absolutely not um but i liked her opposite him again i it's it is her story but it's mostly his story and so I just kind of always had that in the back of my mind. I'm like, this is this is his this is pretty much his story. And he, I told you, he has a sad shower. It's great. Yeah, I mean, any sh- fingers and mouths and sad showers. I should just get a T-shirt of all the things I like in a drama. Fingers, mouths, <laughs> and sad showers. Yeah, I mean, I'm all like a sad shower is my favorite thing. Just oh, oh there's a sad shower in the new employee. Was Ooh. that the new employee, or was it? One of the BLs I just watched, there was a sad shower. Oh, this is actually really funny. Speaking of showers, sorry, I just have to say this. So in The Roommates of Poong Duck 304, it was so funny. So the drama starts out as, uh, this isn't a spoiler because it's like the first episode, but mm-hmm. basically the Che Bol, who is played by Kim Ji-young, which he looks like a Che, like I, I don't, you got to have him play Che Bol forever. Anyway, he has to find a new place to live. And it, the real estate agent keeps taking him to all these places. And he refuses them because he doesn't like the water pressure. <laughs> he has to find an, an apartment with good water pressure. And once he finds an apartment with good water pressure, he's like, this is where I'm staying. And the first thing he does is take a shower. <laughs> and it's it's just, I loved, I don't know. I just love that he had this weird thing about water pressure. It just felt really charming. And I also have a thing for water pressure. So I guess I just related to him. That's anyway. really funny. Okay. It, was, it was so cute. I've got 
let's see. I've got two. Okay, here's one that I think we are in hard agreement. Well, I think I'm in agreement with. I think you are too, which mm -hmm. is um, I'm completely over recent K-dramas being split into two parts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't get it. I mean, it just kind of like milks it. I guess I'm wondering. So I'm curious, is it that it's the anticipatory need or I mean, and this is something we could just do some research and find. Is it like the production schedule is such that they had to adjust? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it's mm -hmm. the idea is that they've shot it all. Because the other thing is, I don't know. I must I'm just making the assumption that these are the dramas that are like written up completely and then shot and produced like the glory didn't feel like it was being written on the fly. Oh, there's no way. So I don't, so I don't like it. Like I do not like the two-parter from a viewer point of view at all. I get, I will say though, I get why they do it. Cause I feel like with the glory, one of the reasons it kind of became as popular as it did is because people were like anticipating part two and there was like a whole month or two. Mm-hmm where people watched the first one had all this time to like meme it. Cause there were tons of memes mm -hmm. about the glory. Like it was always all over my Instagram and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it built up all this anticipation for part two. And part of me wonders if like, that's one of the reasons it did so well, you know, yeah. I don't know, but I don't like it from my point of view. I'm like, no, just give me like, that's one of the reasons I love K dramas so much. Cause I can like binge from like beginning to end. Like that's what I want to do. Um, and I don't well, want like a month break. Speaking of Kim Eun-suk dramas, we had another mm -hmm. listener say, I'm coming to realize I'm very picky about HEAs. As in, I'm not really a fan of Happy for Now or some other ambiguous mm. endings. I want the unrealistic okay. together for all eternity type of endings, which means <laughs> I end up being kind of so-so on some very popular K-dramas like the Kim Eun-suk. Kim Eun-suk tends oh. to end things... I feel like generally on an ambiguous ending. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So a goblin. We don't want to like, yeah, we won't spoil it, but I'll say like, I can't think, I guess air. So ended. goblin, Mr. Sunshine and the glory. What else? I didn't see the sentence of the sun. What else was there? Um, I felt like descendants of the sun felt like it wrapped up to me. Airs. Yeah. I feel like wrapped up oh, the main couple, either. but we had like the, very popular Kim Ubin second male lead who kind of ended right. a little bit more like you there. Yeah. I mean, like I think it, I mean, it ended in a conventional romance way where there was an HE, well, an HEA that you can have for high school, I guess. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, but true. Yeah, HEA. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, that's fair. And, and I think that that's okay to just be like, look, this is what, that's one thing I actually do love about K dramas is I do think it like teaches you, like what you want. Mm -hmm. There's just so much content that you can like watch a lot of dramas and you can be like, okay, well, this is this is what I want. And yeah, I want that unrealistic ending that's... Oh, The King. King is Wasn't that Kim Eun-suk? Yeah. That was Kim Eun-suk and that yes, had kind was. of an, an, a, a little bit of an ambiguous ending. So, yeah, I mean, I would say so they're, yeah, happy, I get it. they're happy for now or happy-ish, except for Mr. Sunshine is not happy. Um, but, well, but there's an uplifting. They end on an uplifting... Yeah. And crash landing on you obviously was a big um, debate on whether yeah. people thought so not that, that was happily but ever. Yeah, yes, yeah, and that so, was not Kim Unsuk, but yeah, but yeah, no, just that idea of and so and I mean like this is where again when you're consuming romantic commercial entertainment, 
you're in such a position of choice as the consumer, because if you want to have that hardcore ending, that's like, you are married. It's all good. Like, especially like in romance novels, like there's a whole bunch of books that are going to give you that epilogue with like the wedding or the baby. And like, you're going to oh like, see the yeah. whole thing. And you're going to get every mushy happily ever after moment. Yeah. Which good, if that's what you want. And then if you're more mm. okay with kind of like a vague, ending i mean like then we've got something like moon lovers which just um ends without any resolution <laughs> really and i i mean so for me i can live with that i don't i mean i do like sometimes to have that like big finale like oh all the dot like everything came together but i think i'm pretty comfortable with a happy for now or a it's open and i'm not quite sure like a lot of people had uh with uh, love between fairy and devil wanted a more like to me i felt like that was oh, an h yeah no i was happy whereas yeah. other people were like i wanted to see more i want there i've invested <laughs> however many episodes i want a bigger payoff than what i'm getting i mean fair i yeah i mean i don't know i'm i'm okay <sighs> i used to i will say like reading ro- i don't know for some reason reading romance books is a different thing i need a very, very clear cut HEA when I read. Um, mm. I don't know why. Maybe because it's like all in my imagination more. Like I'm picturing these characters and maybe I just feel because of that, I feel like more ownership of them or something. But I guess when I'm watching a K drama, I'm like kind of okay with it. And then I'll go watch that actor and something else. And, f- and it like works for me. I don't know how to explain it. So. Sometimes I feel like I can, I feel a little bit differently about K-dramas, but I mean, I still prefer, it depends. I still, I, if you give me like a completely tragic ending, um, I'm probably going to avoid it. I'm talking like tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't Not just have... a happy for now. Like if it's tragic, I will probably, I will probably, because there's like some K-dramas that I would love to see, but I have heard they end completely tragically and I'm just like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah, Don't it just depends because I mean, like, yeah, Mr. Sunshine does it end tragically to a point, yes, but then we have to. That's a whole conversation in another podcast <sighs> with a lot of spoilers. And what does tragedy mean? Because I would argue there's like this idea of tragic, but then I go back to like what we talked about before with like RM and like the views of like the West to like it's a story of yeah. endurance and it's a story of sacrifice and it's a story yeah. of like a country and people engaging with their country. True. And and the thing is, obviously, for me, Mr. Sunshine, I didn't go in being like, I'm going to get this epic romance. Like, that wasn't what I thought I was getting. Mm-hmm. And so I was okay with that. I think it's when you promise me with uh, promo and uh, the lead up, if you are trying to sell me a romance, mm-hmm. I'm going to want a pure romance. Like in The Glory they didn't try to sell a romance and I'm not giving anything away. I'm just saying the, yeah, we can talk about that. Cause I have a lot of yeah. feelings. In True. The but I just mean, they never told me this is a romance. And so I wasn't expecting really anything. See, um, I felt like we spent way too much time on what I felt to be a romance that didn't need to be. <laughs> oh yeah. I actually didn't. I, I oh I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah, we'll debate that later. Yeah. But um but Crashly and you I think as an example is I am 
I mean, I wanted a lot of different things to happen in Crash Landing on You, but I think ultimately for me, the end is like one of my least quibbles if I was going to critique it because I feel like they Same. ended it kind of like one of the only ways you can end it because we're dealing with like such a freaking wild situation. Like you weren't going to be like, I now he defected and what? <laughs> like, yeah, I actually liked the ending. I yeah. know, I know that some people didn't, but I freaking loved it. It made me so happy. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know though. Yeah. I, but I get that some people were like, I invested all this time and I didn't like it. And I respect, I, I respect that. Did you watch his dark materials? Or no, read his that? dark materials, uh, like the golden compass. The Amber so this is not K drama. This is Western, but it's the Pil Phil, Philip Pullman series of like the golden compass, the subtle no, knife and the Amber that. side glass. Okay. They're mm -mm. my favorite trilogy of i love these books and okay. hbo did a series on it and it recently finished and i don't want to get into like the big spoilers of it but if you watch his dark materials at the end it's it gave me one of those i guess you know i do like pain so it ended with love and with sacrifice and so it ends not happily but it doesn't end tragically it ends okay. up being that are they together not in this world kind of thing, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. are they like deeply in love and like making a sacrifice? Yes. And I, I find like those, those endings often are painful to me, but then they make me think about the story for a really long time. This is probably a bad example, but cruel intentions. Ooh. Yeah. I love cruel intentions. So I and do too. Liaisons. I'm not saying, I don't want to say bad example. I'm saying, and I'm talking like the movie with Ryan Felipe and Reese. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, bad I, cruel intentions. Yes. So, to a degree, I like that ending too mm -hmm. because uh, that didn't feel like a tragedy to me. Yeah, I, I don't know how to explain it, man. Sometimes, no. like, like I don't always think a tragedy means people die. Mm -hmm. Um, it can mean there's something unrequited or. Something unfinished and Cruel Intentions felt finished mm -hmm. the way it ended. Okay, well, then let's you know, talk about like. Remember what? I mean, when she is driving. When she's driving away, car, I mean, it's amazing. And, and with with his diary next to her and her hair blowing in the wind, I was like. And that music score kiss. from. Cruel the music Tentors score? Great. It's perfect. Yeah, perfect. I really like that. And then, you know, we could pivot to the perennial. I Not a romance, but held up to be a romance, uh, the notebook. And... Oh, I thought you were going to say Titanic. <laughs> oh, actually, oh, Titanic. The... Yeah. yeah, there we go. Titanic. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, Titanic, man. Titanic was written <laughs> by a man is what it was. <laughs> Coming of age for me, though. I'm telling you, my life, there, there's, there is, there's BT and AT before Titanic and after Titanic, Megan. I was a different person coming out of that movie. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> that's interesting because for me, it's Last of the Mohicans. I was 12 years old when I watched Last of the Mohicans. There is a HEA for one couple. And look, this is an old movie, so I'm spelling it. There is a you die bad right. for the other couple. But right. that other couple was the one that gave me everything and yeah. effed me up. And I felt like set me on a trajectory probably for painful <laughs> romance forever. Right. Because the entire <laughs> like romance, love. the whole romance happens without them actually. Sp I don't even think they might speak a single mouth word to each other oh. the entire <laughs> show 
it's them. You just see like long looks with like the dappled right. light or with like the girl will stumble and he'll go back to get her. And then at the <gasps> end when he like sacrifices everything to like save her life and fails, you're just like, there. like it was like, an entire, entire B romance that had right. zero dialogue. It has like maybe <laughs> three minutes of airtime total. Like if you splice together all the moments and I was... I mean, I still have my journal, like my diary from that time where I wrote that night. And I was like, I will never be the same. (laughs) 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 That was absolutely, that was me after Titanic. I was just, I was just a different person. It impacted me (laughs) so greatly. (laughs) I just can't even explain. Imagine if YouTube was a thing when you were that age. You would have been a Titanic. Oh my God, I can't even think about like. I would have written. If I would have, like, understood what fan fiction was like, because <laughs> I didn't really in high school. Fan fiction mm-hmm. was still, like, not super, like, mainstream, like, now. No, yeah. um, I If I would have known, I would have absolutely written Titanic fan fiction. I would have been, was, like, Leo became a merman? <laughs> I think so. And I would have, yeah. Yeah. And I would have watched a million edits of it with My Heart Will Go On playing in the <laughs> <sighs> absolutely i would have made tiktoks oh god i would have been uh, so i want to rewatch titanic and my my family my daughter just is like no it's gonna be sad and i'm like yeah i've been wanting to do a titanic movie night for a long time because i haven't watched well, it i mean in i years to a degree titanic has that similar ending of cruel intentions where like the woman has kind of like the man has like sacrificed for her and mm-hmm. she has changed and now she's come into like her true self in a mm-hmm. way, in a way that's kind of, I mean, I'm really simplifying, but um, I would say that's kind of similar. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, so some, that's the thing. Like I'm, I'm picky about endings because I it needs to be done a certain way. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then there's just, you know, endings that make me mad. And I'm inconsistent. Like the Moon Lovers ending, Same. I totally like for some reason, even though it's horrifically not good. And it's, it is what it is. We talked about that in the, I talked about that with Sarah in the podcast recently. So, okay. My last thing to unburden myself with before we go, because okay. we are almost at time. I've got one last thing. Right. Okay. Fingers and mouths are sexy. I forget what my other one was today, but there was something else. Sad showers. Sad showers are sexy. Mm -hmm. This is a new one. Mullets are having a moment. Oh, 100%. Or just even like the curly hair thing. The the, like wavy perm. The wolf cutting. Yeah. But like (gasps) uh, Jun Hae Hoon in The Glory. Oh, that hair. That hair is my hair is hot. I both he's a I both bad love man. it and hate it. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's, a t- <laughs> he's a terrible man. But the hair is hot. Just like, you know, I've been watching like a lot of K-pop folks getting into like their wolf cuts and mullet. I mean, Jungkook's wolf cut at the moment, that mullet thing is unholy. Right. It's so long right now. With like the perm in it too. Ugh. I just, right. the permy mullet like who, what what 1984 Def Leppard fever dream am I living in that this is hot to me yeah I feel like 
Carrots, which are the fandom of Seventeen, have been, like, gatekeeping Uzi. Because why did I not know about this, like, tiny short king <laughs> who's, like, the main vocal of Seventeen? He is tiny. What's He's hysterical so is, like, Seventeen has some, like, really tall dudes. Like, a lot of them are really, really yeah. tall. And then their main vocal, who's also, like, a crazy good producer, like, yeah. all-around guy. You've been sending me stuff, Uzi, and he is... I can't... You could put him in a I'm, pocket. Oh he's fun. God, so he's a fun size. He's a fun size. Oh, and candy he's bar. so fucking cute. And there's a video of him uh, dancing to Ditto by New Jeans. I have watched this stupid fucking video of him doing this a good twenty times. I am just like, who's gatekeeping this man? Why did I not know about him? And now all of a sudden, I'm getting into seventeen songs because it's his fucking little ass. Like I am so annoyed. I don't have time. Yeah, I don't have time. I don't have. Time I do not to have get, time. Yeah. To get into Seventeen, who has a huge backlist. I don't yes. have time for this. I'm irritated. And I just want to... Um, I want to say one thing. Um, I sent you a picture today um, of Songlaw from ATs. I just, mm-hmm. need to, I just need to unburden myself about what he is wearing at the airport. Okay. It is a belted trench coat. With like bell sleeves, <laughs> and he's he's wearing it with light jeans and camel boots, and he looks like a young wealthy widow who absolutely married for money. Yeah, and um, her eighty five year old husband died, and she inherited everything, and she's on her way to go eat lunch and then fuck the pool boy. I mean, that is what she. It, it, it's law, exactly that she's gonna have. Three ice cubes and her white wine later. Oh my god. I can't I can't handle him in this coat. And the thing is, he I absolutely he loves it. Like he loves he loves like um more of the like um I guess I don't want to say like gender because clothes don't have a gender. I would say He's like extra. He, he likes to be extra. He likes to be extra. He likes to wear chokers. He likes to wear basically any clothing that he wants. If it looks good, he doesn't worry about if it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what gender that it might be in in like the department store. I mean, he is this this trench is everything. And I sent it to a an, an eighteen e friend of mine, and she's like, I know. I she's like, I can't handle it either. I'm like, I cannot believe he showed up at the airport wearing this. Like, so anyway, that trend, is trench trench deep dive I've been on. <laughs> Young, young widow trench coats and fur fingers. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. That's where that's where we uh, put our and and tiny and tiny tiny Uzi. I mean, I, I seriously like his pants are his inseam has to be like twenty six inches. <laughs> he's like so. T- I don't want to say he's your size, but he's almost your size. Oh, it's not much more. I think I looked up and he's five five. They they're lying. They're like they're lying. They're like athletes. Yeah, like you know how he's like five I don't, well, two. Not you, he's like five yeah, two. You're not like a you're not like a sports person. But if you look up an athlete's height, you always deduct oh. a couple. Oh, inches. I do they're that. Not really. Yeah, they, yeah, I do that. Right, all the time. they lie. So I looked it up and it said he was five five. I was like, in no life. If they're saying five five, <laughs> he is like four eleven. Four. He's like show. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, they're reaching. They're trying to be like, look, it's yeah, yeah. They're re- they're reaching for five five. Like my brother is five five. Yeah. He reaches and tries to say he's five six, which it's really funny. My brother has these like Carhartt bib overalls, uh-huh. and every time he wears them, 
my husband like cannot handle it. He's like, your brother looks like he's 12 every single time he wears. A grown man wearing overalls is going to look. But they're tiny overalls because my brother's five. (laughs) They're like, what he needs to do is have Oshkosh Bagash. He looks like he's out of Oshkosh Bagash. Like... Neil uh, Neil cracks up every single time. I mean, my brother is 44, and yet he wears these Carhartts, and it, like, reduces him to, yeah, like a 12-year-old boy. All right. Anyway, we got okay. to well, go. Yeah, yeah. So wrapping it, wrapping it there. Um, yeah. But, yeah. It's, if we you covered see, a lot I, of topics today. We did. I feel like I have unburdened myself. Yeah. I feel like I got allowed a lot of what I wanted to talk about, and that... I didn't just like bombard Patreon with all my interests because they're probably like, oh, my God, it's because it was uh, just a lot. I have to keep my special interests to myself most of the time. So thank you for like, like, like hairy fingers, fingers and <laughs> fingers and mouths. And so it's not something that like, you can just bring up when you're like at work. Like, so does anybody else ever see like somebody put a finger in a mouth and just think that's really hot? Like, that's, you know. But now, right, like, and, like, I feel there's like, like a thousand of us plus who get to talk about it or think now people get to think about it. Yeah. Well, it's like there are not very many people that I can like send a picture of Songwa in a trench coat and be like, please freak out with me over this trench coat he wore. There's like two people that I can send. Them. Yeah. And I was happy. You're to one unpa- of them. I was happy to unpack his, you know, he might have his- put he might have put the pillow over the face. <laughs> Oh, he might have given him too many Viagra pills. Yeah, but now he's got everything. <laughs> but now he's got the whole millionaire mansion. So. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, well next time note, we'll have Amy. Yeah, we will have Amy. We will be more uh, more organized. But you know what? I feel like. No, this I think we fun. took it off. the. Yeah. And I think we got. We did take it off the rails, but we brought it back. Yeah, I feel good about it. Me All too. right. Well, anyway, let us know if you need to unburden yourself or if you agree. Yeah, we'll, we'll put a thing on social media letting folks have yeah. the opportunity to unburden themselves as well. Yeah. And let me know. Uh, please let me know if any of you are watching Peak Time and Boys Planet, please, because I do need someone to talk to that about. So if you're watching that, please let me know and um, I'll DM you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Anyang. Anyang. Thank you for listening to Afternoon of Delight. Where can you find us outside the pod? Head on over to afternoonadelight.com. That's A-F-T-E-R-N-O-O-N-A-D-E-L-I-G-H-T dot com. You'll find links to all our social media, our book recs, K-pop and K-skincare recs, and if you want even more Afternoon of Delight, because really who doesn't, you can join our Patreon, where you can choose the patron level that's right for you. Join in daily K-drama conversations, listen to bonus podcast episodes just for patrons, and participate in our monthly live K-drama support group via Zoom. We can't wait for you to be a part of the community. Until next time, annyeong!